From the southernmost point of Jorn to the lands of always winter, what is west of Westeros and the shadows of the east, even if those shadows are from Mordor. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Cat Napstock for a quick special edition of the podcast for podcast listeners only. That's right, we've been simulcasting on the podcast and the YouTube channel. Do me a favor, go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. We're trying to build that channel out. But we put over on the YouTube channel some exclusive video content recently, and we got a couple more in this series come. We did some House of the Dragon prep videos. We've got Viserys I, Princess Rhaenyra out already at the time of this recording. And this weekend, we're releasing Lord Corliss Valarin, uh, Daemon Targaryen, the Rogue Prince is on the way. And then we're going to round it out with the High Towers, Allison and Otto, uh, to just kind of, uh, you know, put some major players on the map. If you're not familiar with them, here's some points about them. Here's some things about them. And most importantly, here's what we think, we being me and, and Alden Diaz, uh, what we think they might represent in the show thematically. Just our little pass at that. Uh, we really uh, had a lot of fun doing them. Uh, still kind of finishing up the project. So I thought, you know, today, kind of a busy week for me, the end of the week. I wanted to sit down on just the podcast side. I wanted to uh, just sit down, no cameras, uh, no makeup on my face here. You know, no painted faces here. And just talk to you all on the well, the I almost, you know, I guess you could say the eve of House of the Dragon, but not technically. We are still about a week or so away at the time of this recording, time of this episode's release, but it feels so close. And since we put some exclusive YouTube content up, I wanted to sit down with all of you here by myself. The reason is there's some news to talk about. We've been taking the, the, the look at the news. We've been taking your questions, and it's so much fun, and it's going to be a key part of the show as it has always been since the Daily Thrones days, there is a lot of great quotes out there. Uh, I'm looking at our two favorite news sources here, winteriscoming.net and Watchers on the Wall. I uh, love going to those channels and just kind of uh, getting the uh, the insight there. I've been loving the official House of the Dragon uh, explainer videos themselves, actually, with George R. R. Martin. Nonetheless, you know, you just got me explaining Viserys, but then, you know, if you're Game of Thrones, you can get... George R. R. Martin to explain uh, his world to you in the videos. And they've been a lot of fun, a lot of great behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm looking at some shots. Uh, Winnerscoming.net has some uh, screenshots from the uh, B- BTS video that uh, came out that uh, is uh, uh, Height of an Empire. If you haven't checked that out, uh, totally check it out. You get to see Syrax in all her resplendent, colorful glory is what they wrote here on winterscoming.net, and I absolutely love that. And you got to see a lot of uh, Millie Alcock as uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen in the trailer, too. I think it's been relatively split in, in, in the footage you see between young and older character versions there, but... I think without a doubt, Emma Darcy at the front and uh, Matt Smith uh, going across all ages of the show. They've been kind of featured a little bit more in some of the BTS stuff, which is totally great. I love that. But uh, to see Millie Alcock in some interviews and see what she's got going on along with the uh, other folks uh, making up uh, the past, so to speak, in House of Dragon. It's been fun to to look at that there. But here's the thing. As we... As we really get ready to do this, I wanted to come to you all here, much like I used to do in the old Daily Thrones days, and just talk about feelings and emotions and and not talk about predictions and 
what we think will happen in the trailer breakdowns. Oh, I've been having a lot of fun doing that. That is part of what is so exciting right now is we are, as I said, kind of almost figuratively on the eve of a new Game of Thrones show, House of the Dragon. Same world, same universe. Yeah, slightly different here on the corners. Little blurred edges. That's okay. We're going back. We're going back to Westeros. And that is an exciting time. This podcast, I hope, grows. I hope it uh, explodes. And it had before. During season eight, we, uh, we're a very vibrant podcast with great numbers. I also put the reviews up on my own personal YouTube channel at the time and did good numbers there. Uh, and then naturally, uh, people are going to drift away. Game of Thrones was done. Whether they loved the show, loved how it ended, or wanted more, wanted none of it again, didn't matter. Uh, that's just kind of the way the pop culture wave. You got to write it while it's there. And we kept going. I kept going. I want to casually talk to move on. I started the great rewatch project, which is, uh, you know, still going slowly. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, the numbers are showing that doing a Game of Thrones rewatch breakdown as you get ready for a new show is, um, I don't know. Uh, we'll get back to that rewatch some other time. Point being, I, I wanted to continue to do the show because I love this world. Whether it's the world on page, whether it's the world on the screen, I always make references to those maps that I love and the characters and even the games. I I, I play those, uh, you know, games on my iPad or my iPhone every now and then. I uh, uh, forget that there's been a few of them, Game of Thrones Conquest and Game of Thrones The Walls. I stopped playing those and recently started kind of playing them again, just kind of feeling the excitement. That's how much I loved this world. That's how much I loved being in this world. The stories affected me. The characters moved me. The characters and the stories and the beats and the plot points and the themes challenged me at times, too, as it did a lot of folks. But I never wanted to leave because I felt I didn't have to. I think there was this thing towards the end of the show. Again, it's very natural. This isn't uh, bitterness or grumpiness. It's just, hey, this is the way it is. Game of Thrones had wrapped up. Oh, yes, there was this book series they had, and it was still coming down the pipeline. But to the pop culture zeitgeist, to all the folks and souls out there who love the show, it was done. A thing in the past. And there was even, I remember uh, being at a party, there were some jokes being made, uh, not at my expense, but just in general of, man, when that show finally ends, when season eight comes to a close, uh, this was going into the final season. You think of all the podcasts that are just going to die immediately. They're going to have no other content to talk about. And and I got it. It's a fun joke. I get it. But I remember being kind of offended about that uh, deep down in my soul. Why should I have to leave it? Why? And again, that's outside of the conversation around season eight. Just the show, the world, the characters. Why can't I go back again? I watched Star Wars over and over and over. And I'd be doing that whether I had Force Center or not. In fact, that's one of the reasons I have Force Center is because I never left Star Wars. Outside of maybe two years in about 1988-89, I didn't leave it. I just put it on the shelf and thought that I had to grow up and get into other things. Uh, that's a lie, too. Uh, you can be into Star Wars and be completely grown up. You could also not be, in, not be in, into Star Wars and not be grown up at all. You know what I mean. Game of Thrones was like that for me, and I think for a lot of you, it's exactly what it was for you. So, in a weird way, I'm coming to y'all because numbers will grow. The podcast is going to return to some of its 2019 uh, stats and glory. At least we hope it's glory, right? That's why we do this. Now, uh, there's going to be more ears on us very soon. 
And I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who've supported the show, the Donald Longs, the Lauren Romans, the Ranger Donalds, uh, Tom Risling, who's uh, also been on the show as well. All, all the folks, all the people, even the names, uh, Mark Kamire, uh, John Mariano, all those names of folks who have uh, continued to come back to this podcast because they didn't want to leave this world either. They wanted to still dive in and have a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, if you drifted away for whatever reason and you're going to come back or you're even back now, welcome home. There's no bitterness. There's no need for anyone to stay if they didn't want to. Uh, This is, again, how it works. But I did want to talk and say thank you to all of you for joining me. I sometimes felt really stupid. I sometimes just felt alone. I was still loving this world. How uh, how could I be alone in that? It was so big. And for it all to just the fan base, just to kind of poof, just because the show simply ended. And again, I'm going to say this again. It had nothing to do with the ending of the show and how it was taken. It just was the fact that it ended. And people put down the toys and, so to speak, uh, left. Um, I'm so excited. So excited that we get to return to this world again. And it's brand new content with characters some of us might know, characters most of us don't know. And there's going to be new discussions around it. Where's Mushroom? Is that Mushroom? Is that a look at Mushroom? It's going to be the leader of the uh, uh, discourse, I'm pretty sure. But it's just great to be back. I'm excited. I saw someone... uh, comment on uh, YouTube, but ah, hype culture is back. It could be taken as a backhanded compliment, but also I I took it for what it seemed like to me. Just joy. If you're uh, relatively new to my way of discussing things, that sounds like a king. My way. No, just the way we kind of look at things here. We are going to dive into the themes of the show. We're going to dive in 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 a different way. I'll talk about uh, that in a bit here, but... um, We're going to dive in with our hearts first. There's this wild tale about to unfold. There's this wild tale with these big, deep themes. I love just the overall look. This world of peace. This world where it began in fire and it began in blood. With Aegon's conquering, Magor the Cruel comes along and then peace is obtained. Generally speaking, there's always going to be little fires that flare up. Jaehaerys I brought peace for 50 years or so. Then here comes Viserys I and he brought peace or continued the peace. And now as we pick up the show... The question is, can these people hold on to that peace? Do they want to? And who is willing to throw aside that peace for their own personal gain, for their ambitions, for what they're trying to do in the names of their houses and their families and their kids? It's a fascinating start to this story. And I can't wait to really move into it. And I'm going to go in heart first. And I hope you all join us on that journey. I know anyone who comes on the show feels the same way. Not just those who listen, but those who will be talking. Uh, the reason I enjoy working with Alden Diaz so much is he leads with his heart. That doesn't mean all the shows are perfect. Doesn't mean House of the Dragon can't miss. It could miss. And we'll talk about that stuff. But we're going to talk about what this show means. Because in 2011, Game of Thrones broke out. Slowly at first, but eventually took over all of the lands 
And it wasn't just the wild action, the sex position, the names you couldn't quite remember, the heads that were coming off. It is like other big IPs or fandoms or stories or books. Whether you're chasing rings or using lightsabers, putting on capes, they're stories about us. They're stories that are simply reflections of our times, of the past, and the present, and how the future could be. Game of Thrones is very much this world that I say takes a look at the real world and says this is how it is. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and other properties say this is how it could be. I'm fascinated by that, but I'm still inspired by that. There's still lessons to learn. As the story picks up at House of the Dragon, we have the concept of peace over the land, and it's about to be set fire. What can we take from that? And what can we take from the characters in that story? I'm excited, and I hope you are too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Casually Talk. I'm Ken Napsuck. We are just hanging out here for a little bit. It's kind of the calm before the storm, is it not? We've got a lot of discussions to be had soon enough about House of the Dragon, Rings of Power. But I am coming to you today as a fan. It's just so much fun. I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, movie guy, movie fan. I know that bothers some folks. I could hear my old boss. I hate those movies, what they did to those books. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tolkien's going to be okay, whether or not those movies exist or not. Same with the show. But it's been a lot of fun. As I always say, I, I, I'm not lost in the Lord of the Rings world. As I said, big fan of those movies. And I, I even have a growing appreciation of The Hobbit, I will say, The Hobbit trilogy. Not lost. Could find my way around on a map. Love studying the lore there. It's just... A lot. It's massive. Tolkien's lore, his history that he created, it's slightly different than George R.R.'s, right? George R. Uh, figures out how to do a little bit different a little bit later on, right? Uh, and I love George's history, and I love how his history reads, and I love how he writes his history. Tolkien's history is something else. It's just beyond impressive. It's just up there on the top of a mountain. And we all look at it and just like, how can you get through it? So, but I've been having a lot of fun. And I wonder if any of you are too. And maybe you are a Lord of the Rings fan and you were having more fun doing this on the, the Game of Thrones House of Dragons side. I've been pouring through bits of information, whether it be wikis or whether it be, um, I really like this Nerds of the Ring YouTube channel. Don't know him. Seems like a great guy. Um... Uh, no sponsorship, no cross-promotion here, whatever. I just shouting them out. 
love uh, the nerd uh, nerd of the rings youtube channel it's a great spot for lore and you get you can get overwhelmed by tolkien's lore and a lot of it is uh, repeats and cycles. Like there's been so many times I'm like, oh, this is this is the time Sauron Sauron disappeared. Nope. Okay, that's not the time. Is this the time he disappeared? No, nope, nope, not this time. Uh, all that aside, this because Tolkien's history is just again so massive. But what I mean to say by all this is, I'm just having fun. Rings of Power is going to be an interesting show for me because again, I understand this world. I know this world. I know what it's going to be about. I can gather the themes. It's pretty direct in its story of good versus evil. And I love that. Um, but there's going to be so many little details and so many things that uh, sync up to this and sync up to uh, a little bit of the movie world I know, a little bit of the book world that I don't know as well, and a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, changes. But I'm just having a lot of fun rolling up my sleeves and learning it. And that takes me back to 2011, where uh, I heard some fantasy book series that I knew some of my uh, co-workers and acquaintances had enjoyed or talked about. It was going to be turned into an HBO show. Someone said, I don't know, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings for your TV. And I thought, okay, I'm listening. At least I'm listening. I don't know if I love it. I don't love fantasy stuff. I love Star Wars. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty specific in those likes. And then I saw a behind-the-scenes thing. I remember George R. R. Martin talking about uh, being on the set in Winterfell and just how it was just crazy that his characters were coming to life. And I was like, all right, all right. When's, the, when's that debut? I'll, I'll, I'll write that down. I'll set my DVR because it was, you know, another time. <laughs> ten, years or, ten years ago was a different world, right? I set my VCR to record it. It almost... Almost seems like I'm saying that, but I'm not. Um, I set my DVR, but I watched it live. And as I've said before many times on Daily Thrones and Into Castle Talk, the first 30 seconds hooked me. The first 30 seconds hooked me. I got what I was seeing. Knights, swords, a wall guards the realm. And then what the hell? There was like ice zombies. The girl came back to life. And there's like an immediate history. and lore. Whoa. What am I watching? I was a little scared, a little terrified, and definitely thrilled and intrigued and was just pulled in. And from there, it was a trip into what is this world? Who are these characters? What's the information I need? And then, yes, I made that determination. I'm going to start reading these books. And I love those books. Man, absolutely love those books. And I never want to sound or come off sounding like I don't love those books. Because this is why we're all here. George's world and George's words. But there was just some hunger to the search for more about this story. And that appetite for information, that appetite for knowledge, can sometimes just breed a uh, trivia level understanding of the properties. I'm really big on that. Big on the idea that you have to push past just the general information and the names and the places and the histories and get to the themes. And I know Benioff and Weiss, I think mostly Benioff, don't love those themes. They say they don't exist in the show. That's for high school English papers. I, I still say a pox on that. And Game of Thrones is dripping with themes. It has to be. That's how you tell stories. Now, we don't want to get us so hung up on the themes that we take away from the fun of the other things. But... We're at a point right now, as I was in 2011, where the story 
the themes and the lessons and everything about Game of Thrones were hitting me. But it was this wonderful world that I fell into that was keeping me in it and it was pulling me forward. As the show goes on and the characters you love make mistakes or have victories or die, that's when I think the themes and the lessons really start to take hold, right? But what was so fun was just hearing something mentioned on the show and then diving into a wiki or going, okay, that's that thing in the book. Oh, or getting to a chapter in uh, the book after I had watched the episode or watched the first season and going, oh, that's what that means. And that's the relation. Got it, got it, got it. It's just so much fun. And that's still going to happen here. It's a little bit of the cycle repeating. I definitely know the Game of Thrones and a song of Ice and Fire world, but I don't remember every nook and cranny of the Fire and Blood Volume 1 book. I don't remember every nook and cranny of the Targaryen Civil War. And I get to rediscover some of those corners, those shadows that hide the little bits of information I can't recall. I'm going to be looking up maps again with a fervor I haven't had since 2011 or 12 or 13. I used to love when you get to uh, 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 the next book in, in, in the Song of Ice and Fire series and the map on the front of the book gets a little bigger. There's more places, more names to learn. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I get to experience that all again with House of the Dragon. And then on Rings of Power, you get to go back in time. And yeah, you know, there's this legal battle of what what can they talk about? What can they show? It can look like this. And Peter Jackson's saying, they ghosted me. And they're saying, no, we didn't. And there's this, um, I don't know. There's a lot of um, a lot of hubbub sometimes around the Lord of the Rings world and the Tolkien estate. Now we get to put that all aside and just watch this show as it is. Watch Rings of Power uh, for what it's trying to do. And that will inspire you to dig a little deeper. And if the show's lore is slightly different than what you saw in the movies, and if it's slightly or at times a lot different than what's in the books, guess what? None of it cancels out each other. And if you want to know a little bit more about the history of Numenor and how it connects and how it connects all the way to Aragorn, and how it connects all the way to the first age, all these things. Oh, there's so much to dive into, right? Take notes, bring a pad of paper. You'll need it, trust me. But if the show makes you dig a little deeper, and it makes you discover or rediscover Tolkien's words, or it makes you go back to the movies and experience them again uh, with a little bit more expanded knowledge, these are all good things. Both shows are not going to be perfect. Both shows are not even trying to be perfect adaptations of these words and these worlds. They can't be. They just can't be. That's not how you do it. I think there's going to be some discourse and some pushback on House of the Dragon, making changes here. Well, you know, this actually happens here. This is that. I've already seen some of the pushback on our explainer videos, which again are just these prep videos. Here's these characters. Here's some facts about them. And here's what they might represent in the show. We've already gotten some uh, pushback. Ah, oh, that's, that's, that's not Renera. That's not the character. That's not how I would describe her. That's because you're not leading with the themes. You're just going on the words and you're just looking at facts and figures. You're looking at the back of the baseball card. 
And I'm looking at what's actually happening on the field. And with rings of power, it's, of course, going to be worse. It already is. Uh, running into a certain breed of Tolkien loreheads is not fun. Like I said, we're blessed around here. Some of our regular listeners at Casterly Talk are on board with what we're trying to accomplish and on board with the right way to approach, approach it. Uh, loreheads, and I don't mean to be completely insulting with that, but I'm a Star Wars lorehead, so the mirror's being reflected right back on me. It is a special kind of breed of gatekeeping. And I don't stand for it. That's what I've been open with. I love Lord of the Rings. Don't know the world as much as the others. Don't know the names and the places as much as I do the others. I can't wait for Rings of Power to spurn me on to more Lord of the Rings knowledge. To spurn me on to really dive into Tolkien's works and words. To spur me on to know more of the names in the Lord of the Rings movies. I always say this. I'm a Star Wars trivia master, right? I'm a former movie trivia schmodown Star Wars champion, whatever that means. I couldn't last five minutes in a Lord of the Rings trivia challenge based on just the movies. Movies I've seen so many times I've lost track. And yes, the director's cuts. Yes, the extended editions. I don't remember the names. Orthanc. is That's Isengard, right? I think. Eh. That's always been my approach to the series. I just love the way Lord of the Rings makes me feel. And that's why I'm excited for Rings of the Power. Rings of Power, excuse me. How is it going to make me feel? And what will it drive me to learn even more about this world? I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to break up those maps. And I'm excited to learn all the new dragon names, all the Targaryen children, all the Targaryen cousins, and all the Targaryen friends and enemies. There's so much to learn, so much to be reminded of, and so much to be refreshed about. But this all goes home to one big thing. My message to you all, as we are about to get into more programming here, breaking down episodes, diving into the themes, video reactions, all the things that you come to expect from a podcast and YouTube channel covering something you love in fandom. Before we get all to all that, let's just focus right now on a tidal wave of joy coming our way for this show and world that we love and a bigger world we're about to dive into that's the best i can't wait see you on the other side thanks for listening casterly talk you can follow us on twitter at casterly talk follow me at ken knapsack on my website ken don't forget as i said uh, if you're a podcast listener even if you don't spend a lot of time on youtube we'd love it if you head over to youtube find casterly talk give us a subscription Give us a like. Give us a ring the bell. Do all the things. Do all the things. Because we want to be able to bring more content to you. All right. Let's do it. Let's get ready and watch House of the Dragon. See you next time, folks, here on Casterly Talking.